Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Chip, how you doing, man? Hey, doing well. We've uh, we've had our seatbelt uh, fastened here the last week or so. It's been a really bumpy ride. It is. That is a, a overstatement, to say the least, there. Um this today is a uh, perfect example of probably the uh, the market realizing that hey you know we've rode this thing down far enough we, we've I think before we started talking here April 18th we were at 383 on uh, uh, the March contract and uh, about 494 or so 490 something like that and the uh, in the March contract and here we are today uh, rode this thing down to about uh, some some pretty relatively pretty low lows about you know got back into that 360 370 range for sure and uh now we're back up uh seven and a quarter here today on on the uh on the uh arch contract so i guess as you take a look at what's or the march con- the may contract as you take a look what's happening there i guess what's your synopsis of today's action what you saw in the market yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, we are highly correlated to the outside financial markets and the stock market in particular. Uh, you got a lot going on here, as you mentioned. Um, you've had a big sell-off in our grain markets, uh, kind of led by the bean market uh, to a lesser extent. Corn, uh, wheat's had a sell-off from the highs, but it's you know relatively speaking held together better. So you know, this is about each new headline uh, that comes out and each new uh, news story. Uh, about coronavirus, um, we had a huge break. I don't know what the uh, what the total amount was at the lows, but we had to be working on uh, 13, 14 percent correction in the stock market in just a matter of days. And uh, we've had a huge range in the stock market today. Um, uh, stock market closed. I don't know where it settled, but at one point it was up uh, 1,300 points. I believe it settled somewhere up around 1,100 or so. Uh, biggest one day gain point wise in history. Uh, last week, we had the biggest one-day, uh, uh, actually two of those uh, in the same week, mm-hmm. back-to-back, uh, biggest point losses in history. Uh, there's a lot of optimism about, um, there's a call tomorrow morning between um, the uh, the G7 um, kind of financial leaders, and there's some hope that there's going to be a coordinated interest rate easing and uh, just pumping liquidity into the financial system across the world. And that um, was some of what, or maybe the majority of the reason the stock market rallied so much today. And then again, as we're recording this uh, here about a little after eight o'clock central time, the stock market futures uh, are up another hundred points here in the overnight. Uh, There's some hope, uh, as I mentioned, that that meeting um, uh, could uh, conclude uh, about uh, by about seven, uh, eight in the morning. And that could result in uh, a huge uh, push of liquidity and lower interest rates into uh, the system here. So, you know, some of that's baked into the stock market. Um, If they do do it, if they do have this coordinated easing, that's going to lead to uh, probably uh, some additional buying in the stock market. And our uh, our ag stock or ag markets will, uh, you know, respond accordingly. So 
unfortunately, we're really tied to the outside markets, the stock market, um, you know, on its own. It's probably not uh, as wildly bearish, maybe, as what the price action has been, especially the cattle market. But in times like this, the cattle market gets really highly correlated to the stock market, unfortunately. So we had a uh, some wild uh, wild rides all over the board today. But that's kind of where we're at in, the, in a nutshell. This coronavirus is continuing to progress, unfortunately. Um, you know, more and more cases of it being reported. Uh, the, uh, the market uh, is expecting and hoping for some uh, central bank uh, lowering of interest rates, pumping liquidity. If we get it, that's going to lead to uh, uh, some more strength. If we don't get it, the market could be disappointed, and you could see the the rug pulled out from under the stock market again, and you know another downdraft, and and our commodity markets following. So this thing's going to be uh, really dicey as we go forward here, and uh, unfortunately, the the bumpy ride, uh, the turbulence isn't over yet. It's it is not safe to unfasten your seatbelt in the cabin. Yeah, it's uh, things things are going just crazy. So I'm looking at my my alert here for today. Uh, or this evening, I'm sorry, and uh, looks like corn May contract is up right now uh, one and a half, and looks like December is up one. Uh, May soybeans are up three, and November beans are up three and a half. So I mean, they're kind of continuing the trend that we saw uh, throughout the day today. To your point, everything is hinging on what's going to happen with with the uh, with with the uh, the various. Uh, um, uh, banks and stuff that are out there that are that are going to start uh, throwing some money at this. Um, that, that also kind of that makes those rebounds a little nice for a while, but it also makes the uh, the contraction even worse. So um, it's kind of six one half dozen another sometimes when you look at that. But yeah, the, it is definitely the one thing I want to throw out there is you know the cattle market has been just decimated here since this coronavirus over the last week or so, and we saw some nice like you were talking about earlier, we saw some nice rebounds. Um, Thursday comes an export contract or export report that comes up every Thursday. And we start seeing those, and those are going to start being a bigger and bigger issue um, with this phase one deal and, and what we see happening. Um, all the reports that I've read about China right now are, are kind of pointing towards their stock market is doing a very similar downward spiral that we saw in 2008, 2009 here in the U.S. Um, as far as, uh, you know, impact-wise goes. I guess we'll talk about some how how important these these uh export reports are going to be moving into thursday yeah every thursday going forward uh is going to be highly scrutinized from the export sales report to see if china was in uh to our agricultural markets uh and if so you know what quantities what commodities what amounts the other thing that's uh, along with this bounce today that's given us a little bit of support if you remember, the stock market was less than uh, uh, stable on Friday, but it seemed right. like our ag markets, at least the grain market, stabilized a little bit. Part of that is that tomorrow, as soon as tomorrow, China can start issuing um, uh, import quotas, tariff um, you know, restriction quotas for U.S. agricultural products as part of this phase one trade deal. Will they do it or not with all the uh, supply chain issues they've got going on? internally and still um you know fighting getting people back to work and and still a lot of uh you know people um you know quarantined in their houses and and stuff like that so they're still fighting this uh, coronavirus issue in a big way there it's really stifled their economy 
but that's the other reason that the, the grain markets and, and cattle market, uh, um, and to a lesser extent, the, the hog market, gave a little bit of stability late in the week and then had that nice bounce today. Obviously, following the stock market higher, but also some hope that maybe here, uh, uh, very quickly, as soon as uh, this week or next week, that China could potentially be in there um, for U.S. agricultural products. And uh, as you mentioned, every Thursday will be uh, watched pretty closely. And not only that, but every day, anything on the on the grains, anything over, uh, uh, I believe, a uh, hundred thousand metric tons um, gets has to be reported um, to the USDA. So we get sometimes in the morning, you know, between seven thirty, uh, eight o'clock, sometime uh, you know ahead of the markets opening, we get some uh, flash export sales from the USDA, and so the market's going to be highly um, alert for. Uh, China being in our in our ag markets here, will it be? I, I think without the coronavirus, they um, very definitely here the first uh, ten days, two weeks of March would have been in for ag products. They have such a problem, um, you know, with uh, a slowdown of just getting people back to work and getting factories reopened, and and uh, there's big lineups to unload stuff at the ports uh, because they lack um, you know sufficient manpower to. To do that, I, I, I don't I don't know, but it's certainly a hope, a strong hope of uh, our ag markets to see a little bit of Chinese business and some stability in the stock market. And, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, we could uh, be right back where we were before this whole coronavirus uh, swoon started. But uh, it will be uh, very dicey. This uh, I can't stress enough that um, now the financial markets, the stock market is you know, anticipating a rate cut by the Federal Reserve and other central banks across the world. If they don't get it, it's going to be very disappointing to the market. If they do get it and we rally up, um, you know, liquidity in the, in the market and lower interest rates, that might stabilize this. But, you know, in the end result, that isn't going to make the virus go away. It's not going to make people um, not get sick. It's not going to make people leave their house and you know, uh, buy more, go out to eat when they wouldn't, stuff like that. So is the bounce going to get met with a lot of selling still on the stock market? There's a lot of questions out there. It's, it's definitely an environment that we haven't been in in a long, long time, if ever. And it's very fluid. It's going to change by the minute and sometimes by the second. And uh, just today, I think, illustrates, you know, what what you could see and, uh, and and early on there were some massive swings in the stock market i mean overnight we were several hundred points lower and uh you know then it ended up at 1.13 i don't know what the swing low to high was but it had to be oh man it had to be working on 1500 points in the stock market i mean that's crazy crazy yeah. stuff and it wasn't just one way either i mean there were some early on some really big you know, 200 point swings back and forth in a matter of minutes in the stock market. And as that goes, unfortunately, even though there's not a, not a lot to do with, uh, you know, the, the stock market doesn't have a lot to do with our, our agricultural markets. There's still a high amount of correlation right now. Yeah. The market was, it was just nuts. I mean, like, like you said, it was, it was 1500 direct, 1500 points in one direction. And it was thousand points. I mean, it was just all over the board, man. And it was, uh, um, it was just absolutely crazy. I was watching it because I was, I noticed the, the commodities, and I was kind of waiting for the, you know, typically when you have something like this happen, you have, 
the funds, they jump out of the, of the stock market and come over to the commodity market, and they raise it up first, typically, when you start seeing this some kind of a downward trend in the, in the market. And, and today was a weird deal where both of them came up at the same time, um, maybe not as much as one or the other, but, man, I'll tell you what, it was still just uh, it was a crazy ride what we saw today in the markets, no doubt about it. It really was. It's it's been uh, again unprecedented, and uh, you know we saw a big rally in the in the oil market too. You know we're now almost uh, I guess right at five bucks off of um, the lows, uh, really from last night um, in in crude oil. So you're talking about some massive swings here. Still under you know still only forty eight dollar crude oil. So. Um, that is uh, at least the stability there has caused everybody, uh, giving everybody a chance to take a take a breath and uh, and kind of reevaluate where we need to be. But a lot of things working, you know, uh, central banks, China, obviously, um, you know, the further spread of this coronavirus is it going to continue to rapidly escalate or is it going to slow down? Um, and and can you believe the numbers? You know, there's yeah. uh, there's a lot of uh, back and forth on uh, what what you can believe, who you can believe. If we're getting the the correct story uh, from a lot of different uh, sources, so yeah, there's a uh, no no lack of uh, information out there. So a lot of craziness going on out there. So let's talk about the plan side of this for a little bit. So there's a lot of craziness going on out there. This is one of those key times where you really need to start looking at your plan and what you're doing and, and where you need to be at. I mean, we've come off of, of about 15 days of the market just getting lower and lower and lower. And then we had this this shot up today. And, you know, probably tomorrow will be a similar episode. And then, you know, who knows where it'll go from there. Um, start looking at that plan, building that plan. Um, what, what's, what are some of the steps that you're going to tell your customers right now as you're talking to them? to start looking at the plan and what are, what are some of that first steps you want people to take looking at what's going on here? Yeah. If you're talking about uh, a row crop farmer right now, corn and beans, um, this is definitely not the time to stick your head in the sand. First and foremost, um, we, uh, just set our spring price for crop insurance. Crop insurance plays a huge part, um, of your marketing plan. Um, uh, so number one is, uh, getting a good handle on your crop insurance. This is not the year, given uh, the, the risk potential. If coronavirus continues to get worse, if China continues to uh, quarantine, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and essentially close their country, uh, it could get worse. And so crop insurance is, uh, is really the place to start on this. And it's not the year to reduce coverage. In fact, it's probably a year to buy up coverage. It's the cheapest form of uh, of, of downside protection you can get because it's subsidized by the U.S. government and uh, it's it's cheaper than anything you can get, um, you know, via the uh, some sort of an option trade. There's lots of private products out there that might fit to to buy up uh, that insurance a little bit uh, fairly cost effectively. So that would be first and foremost where to start. What's your crop insurance? Probably probably before to start that is which hopefully a lot of people have done already. Get a good handle on what you think your cost structure is right now uh, to put an acre of corn out, acre of beans out, and then layer on what's your crop insurance guarantee um, from a revenue standpoint. And, and where's the gap between where we're at currently based on average yields and 
where your crop insurance kicks in. And is that if that back gap is big enough, do we go and look at a private product to buy up or some sort of an option strategy, put strategy to, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, layer in and make up that gap. And then it's just a matter of uh, getting targets on where you want to sell, how much you want to sell, um, and, and executing that plan and being ready to, to pivot. That's the biggest part is you don't just make a plan right now and uh, say, I'm going to sell it all four bucks. That's great if we never get to four bucks uh, and or uh, maybe something changes and we're going to go way north of four bucks. There's still uh, weather in South America that can affect things on, on their second crop corn. Uh, Argentina is getting a little bit dry to finish their bean crop out here. So there's definitely things that are going to affect this market, both negatively and positively. The two biggest right now, get your cost of production to the, to the penny, as close to the penny as you can, and then figure out what your crop insurance plan is, what your revenue is, and then what the gap is between those two. And that'll get you a good start for then figuring out what do I want to do for my next step? Do I want to uh, sell? Do I want to use some option strategies, combination of both? We'd be in favor of uh, at least on a large portion of the crop on rallies, leaving some sort of top side open. And you can do that by doing puts. You can do that by making sales and buying calls, which is uh, commonly known as a minimum price contract. Because uh, it, it, as bleak as it looks right now, the snap of a finger with Mother Nature in there and Chinese demand, we've seen how things can really change quickly. So you, you want to position yourself to try to be right no matter what happens in the market. And there's lots of tools out there available uh, to put into your plan and, uh, and execute to give you the risk management to the downside that you need and still leave some topside open. And I still think we're going to get rallies. We just have to be really willing and able um, to protect, uh, do you know, take action uh, at higher levels. So that's all uh, in a nutshell, Casey. That's a a, a long-winded way of what we're working on right now, trying to uh, get producers, um, you know, lined out with a plan right now. Yeah, that's uh, there are a lot of irons in the fire right now. If you look at some long-term weather forecasts that we see out there, uh, I've, I've read several of them that are calling for the complete opposite of what we saw last year, uh, more of a early spring and a, and a dry, hot summer. So uh, a lot of different stuff out there on the, on the horizon when it comes to just that forward planning part of your plan. So I guess, Chip, if folks want to reach out to you and uh, pick your brain or, or ask some questions about a plan they're working on or, or just uh, get your advice on what's going on, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. We would love to chat with you. Uh, low risk, low pressure. Uh, just kind of tell you how you might be able to uh, uh, improve your marketing plan and uh, you know withstand some of these big volatile swings. Yep. Yeah, plenty of stuff going on out there, and plenty of plenty of guidance uh, in this time of, uh, I guess, a uh, an impartial mind. You know, take the emotion out of it a little bit, kind of get folks led down the right path here. So, I guess I, uh, Chip, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Any last things you want to throw out there before we shut it down? No, I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Second set of eyes and ears is really critical. Um, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you want to get your banker involved, your accountant involved. Uh, you need an extra set of eyes and ears on the risk management for sure. So uh, if it's not us, we'd uh, encourage getting some sort of help um, because there's uh, it just moves too fast. You need somebody that's uh, watching it closely for you 
uh, so you know when to uh, pivot and when to execute. Yep. Yep. A lot of uh, a lot of moving parts there. All right. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check out my uh, social media at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, check out MovingIronLLC.com for all the latest stuff, Moving Iron. And uh, also, uh, got the Moving Iron Summit coming up here at the uh, at the beginning of September, 1 through 3 in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, check out Chip. He's got a he's got a little social media presence out there, and it's uh, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Blue Reef Trader. Blue Reef Trader. Check it out there, and you can also check out uh, Blue Reef um, Ag as well on their uh, Twitter site as well. So I am uh, Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast and with Chip Nellinger of Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. So until next time, let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard work.